Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now to talk weather this week, Eric Snodgrass of Nutrient. Eric, good to catch up with you again, sir. How are you? Yeah, you know, doing okay. We're still kind of cool here in, in my part of the Corn Belt. Had a little rain over the weekend. I think the crops are loving that as we kind of finish up one month and start another one. I couldn't agree more. Well, you talk about a little rain in your neck of the woods. We saw some pretty heavy rain in some parts of the U.S. here over the weekend, mainly across the southern plains. Catch us up on uh, some of those impressive rainfall totals we saw over the weekend, Eric. Yeah, I mean, stretching from New Mexico across the Red River Valley of the south and over toward parts of like Alabama, getting through the lower Mississippi River Valley. We had pockets in there that saw somewhere between six and 10 inches of rain. In fact, you're probably hearing some news reports this morning about the flooding in Dallas uh, from the storms last night. So this is some of the first rain to hit this area in a very long time. And some of the major concern here is this is a big part of the Cotton Belt. So we're uh, moving toward open bowl, which means heavy rains at this time of year can be damaging to the cotton crop, uh, just given its its condition. Now that happens, uh, but we just don't want that uh, any sort of uh, you know damage done to that crop, such that we put that you know down into the into the mud. On the other side of this, though, um, you think about winter wheat planting that's trying to happen in Texas. This is the kind of rain that comes through and soaks things and helps folks out. And if you just look at that map, you can see across the Midwest, some really much needed rain, some locally heavier, but stretching from Iowa, which saw some hail on Friday through Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, decent rains. And then also kind of some recent drop busting rains in parts of the Southeast. There actually had been some places in North Carolina showing up on the drop monitor as of late and uh, getting some much needed rain in there. So yeah, this weekend's rain was pretty important, but flooding across, again, Texas, all the way to Alabama, that whole stretch was pretty wet. Well, and like you mentioned as well, uh, some of that rain, you know, maybe not good for cotton in the South, but could help out just as we move our way towards uh, winter wheat planting, something that, you know, a lot of folks I think we're concerned about just because of the fact that it's so dry down there. There was some growers who were thinking about maybe not even putting seed in the ground for winter wheat. So hopefully, despite all the major flooding we're seeing, these rains hopefully helped out in some parts of Texas, Oklahoma, et cetera. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Kansas and Nebraska, parts of the Dakotas missed all this. And I think Kansas is kind of squarely in my crosshairs as the area that I'm most concerned about, just because they keep getting leapfrogged and uh, the heat was on uh, back in summer. I mean, really on. And uh, I think there's a lot of folks that are really hurting right now. Eric, let's shift gears. Let's talk a little bit just about what we've seen this summer up until now. We're, we're heading close to uh, the beginning of September, Labor Day weekend coming up. And, and we think about all of the heat stress we saw throughout the summer growing season. We have a lot of different crop tours that are ongoing or starting up here the next couple of weeks. Uh, hearing a lot about tip back issues. Can, can you talk about some of that and just what some of this heat stress has uh, has done to the crop here this summer? Yeah, you know, we seem to be seeing that for kind of two reasons. We had in the middle of summer a pretty big ridge in the midsection of the country, and it just kept heat really centered on the western Corn Belt throughout the plains. I mean, there were places in Texas that had, you know, over 40 days where the high temperatures were above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And a lot of days with mid to upper 90s, low 100s in Oklahoma, uh, from Oklahoma through Kansas, getting up into Nebraska, South Dakota, and hitting western Iowa. And those places also saw some high evaporation. So what happens is you put that kind of heat on the crop right during pollination and then an early grain fill. And we just can't seem to get the end of that ear to, to really fill out. Uh, so that's been a that's a big problem. I just seen a lot of folks talking about as of late. 
And I hope that the crop tour kind of reveals that to kind of give us a better picture of what's going on nationally here uh, with yields. Well, Eric as well, heard a lot of chatter the last couple of days about what's going on in China. I'm hearing stories they're shooting rods into the sky to try and make it rain and and different, you know, using different chemicals to try and conserve water in their crops. And just a, a lot of things, I think, are being thrown out in the news. So can you can you maybe make some sense of what we're seeing over in China and catch us up on the latest? Yeah, you know, there have been pockets of drought that have shown up in what we call the Manchurian Plain. Uh, that would be just uh, kind of north of of uh, North Korea, but getting back over closer to the North China Plain, which is north of Beijing. So that's a big production crop area. But then if you go from like the northern edges of the Yangtze River, stretching all the way back into central China, there's an area in there that's been quite wet. The real drought issues you're hearing a lot about are in southern China. Now, southern parts and southeastern parts of China grow a very wide variety of crops. So it's not just corn and beans. It's it's everything from rice to, to vegetables to, I mean, all sorts of things that are grown down there. And that's where I think we're seeing a lot of the drought stress. And then if you get over into western parts of China, that is a big area where they grow a lot of cotton. And so, again, we're seeing cotton production issues in the United States. And we're now seeing them in China. India is kind of the, the other big cotton producing place in the U.S., uh, excuse me, in the world. And uh, they've had uh, some major flooding stresses in those in those areas too. So we, we just see these international issues showing up and it's starting to get us uh, just kind of concerned on, again, it's that global balance sheet. That's the number that tends to be looked at a lot for each one of these crops. And it just seems to be off this year. Oh, and by the way, uh, since we talked international, if we go over toward Africa, we're watching the possibility of a tropical system showing up there and this season has been way below average. I think we're sitting at like 10% of normal, what we call accumulated cyclone energy out of the Atlantic. So um, we, we, you know, we're really far behind, but could be cooking something up there in the central Atlantic over the next five, seven days. Eric as well, South America. I know we're putting some focus back there. What are you seeing uh, down there as we start the week? You know, I was a little surprised. I saw some video this morning of some folks planting in Bahia. I thought they couldn't plant till September 15, but apparently in some of those smaller regions that don't adhere to that national rule, like in Bahia, they, they can get stuff planted. Um, but uh, the, the bigger picture here is that the long range models still want to bring on an early monsoon. Now, there are drought issues in Argentina. There were drought issues in southern Brazil, but there were some recent rains that went through there as well. The monsoon has not started yet, and they have to wait on that monsoon to come in and give them about two inches of rain before they would feel like they could plant and get a successful germination, especially that first crop of soybeans. Now, here's my biggest concern, and I'm going to be honest. This is, this, is this is speculative, and I'm looking at really just one thing here. I have a feeling, though, and, and there's some data to back it up, that the, the monsoonal season could start quickly, but then um, probably back off a bit in October. And that's the wrong time to see the monsoon back off. October is the big planting month for much of Brazil. And if the rains stop, we have major problems with the crop. And there's a lot of replanting that has to happen because of that. Now, my evidence is basically just anecdote, not anecdotal, excuse me, analog years where there were La Nina's like the one we're currently uh, seeing at this point. So if that happens, we could be seeing some problems out of Brazil. Now, if it doesn't happen and the monsoon starts on time, they plant the crop on time, Brazil is going to have an absolutely massive crop, given that there's no weather issues between now and like January, early February for that first crop of soybeans. We appreciate the time. Eric Snodgrass of Nutrient, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.
You've been listening to American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.